if okay. somebody's listening to this and they're thinking about getting into gardening, like what do you suggest mm-hmm. is the first step? In terms of like, okay, I want to get started today. So it's August. So um, it's a little bit late in the season, but hey, that is okay. Like that is totally fine. There's still some things you can start with. The three things I think you should consider That's when fair. you're starting your garden yeah. is lo- location. So, um, you know, are you in an apartment? Do you have um, a balcony or do you just have a windowsill? Um, figure out, or, you know, do you have a yard? Do you have um, lots of ample land? Do you have full sun or is it shaded? So figure out those aspects and then Google specifically what to do with that. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. Hello, Fix listeners. Welcome to episode 77 of the Fix podcast. I'm your host, Krista Huber. And this episode, I'm joined by a friend from high school. So going back a couple of years, that is Ellie Callanan. She is originally from Westfield, New Jersey, where we both grew up. And she joined me on The Fix to talk about all things gardening. And I'll say gardening initially, because this conversation went in a lot of different directions. It was her very first time ever recording an episode. And we talked for well over an hour and a half and probably could have kept going. So as you'll hear me mention at the end, just want to reiterate, Ellie, super proud of you for putting yourself out there, truly demonstrating your passion and, and just really a bigger conversation around being self-aware, figuring out what does the body good, not just from a physical sense, not just from what you're putting into it in terms of your food choices, but the environments that you're in, who you're spending your time with, how you're spending your time. We covered the gamut in terms of how she got started with gardening. This is a great episode for anybody who might be interested in it. We talk about the benefits of it that actually have nothing to do with the food you're producing, but more about being outside in nature, getting uh, connected with the earth and grounding and how it's great for your mental health. We talk about a lot of the analogies in taking care of a garden and what you need to do in terms of tracking seasons and understanding what's going to grow well and learning from failure and how that applies to, of course, the nutrition coach in me wants to draw the conclusions to how you can then approach changing your nutrition and your fitness much in the same way, using a lot of the same tools. But then she also flipped it back on me and asked a bunch of different questions about how I feel about protein sources. We talked about the benefits and potentially risks of being plant-based as well as really thinking about food more so instead of just about like the numbers and macros, but recording and paying attention to what gives you energy and what makes you just truly feel well. So I loved this episode. As I always say, every single week, I'm just very lucky to have such great guests, but I think there is a ton of value packed into this conversation. And I also wanted to take a couple minutes in the introduction to talk about a fun project that I am working on. I've been teasing it over on my Instagram page, and I'd love to invite you guys to check out the show notes for this episode because I'm in the process of creating some online workout programs, providing access to more recipes and just other information you've requested that you want to see through a really cool new app, Upswing Fitness. So I've joined the Upswing community. Shout out to 
my friend, Dom Fusco, who has been influential in helping me with this podcast and now helping me with expanding my presence online and helping create a, a place and a platform and a community, which is also relevant to this entire conversation today to make that happen and make it a little bit easier for somebody who maybe, Hey, you're not ready to fully commit to a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience with me, but you want to join and follow along for workouts, follow along for recipe tips and are interested in a lower cost monthly subscription. It's coming very soon, but you can already access my up space is what we call it. So link down in the show notes, just create your account and then join as a part of my group. And you guys will be the first to know about all of the new and exciting content that's coming there. I spent the past week, um, if you're listening to this episode, the day it drops last Wednesday, recording over a hundred plus different exercises, building out that exercise library to be able to put some fun things together to make it super easy for you to follow along, whether you have access to a gym or or doing it in your backyard, or you just have a set of dumbbells or something like that. So it's going to be flexible. It'll be fun. Um, and I'm just really excited to bring everybody along on that journey. If that's something that you're interested in. So stay tuned for more there and to get that inside peek, definitely check out upswing, give them a follow on Instagram to link to that down in the show notes as well. But other than that, I'm going to toss the mic right over to Ellie. Let's dive into this episode. It's a really good one. I know it's a lot to get through, but strongly, strongly encourage you guys to listen through to the end. There are a ton of actionable items and tools and resources that you can take in listening to this and implement something new in your life immediately that'll have amazing returns. And we really talk about how to do that in an approach that is sustainable, that isn't so focused on trying to change five, six, seven different things at once, but just taking one step at a time and creating the life that you really want. So without further ado, let's welcome Ellie to the Fix Podcast. Ellie, welcome to the Fix Podcast. So excited to have you on the show. And as you know, from being a listener, I like to kick off every conversation, a little icebreaker for the first question. And that is, what's your go-to coffee order? We're big fans of coffee here at the Fix. So I have to know from all of my guests. Okay. Well, hello, Krista. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, I don't know if you're going to be okay with this answer, but I don't drink coffee. That's totally cool. You're like probably guest okay. number 10 who said no. And then we talk about oh, what you do. Okay, instead. Okay. So you can tell me that. So I'm a tea drinker. Okay. Have I you always tea. been a I, tea drinker? Um, no, no. I started with coffee. Um, and I realized that it just makes me so anxious and so jittery and like, I'll get into this more in the episode, but like, I'm very big on like experimenting, like what works with my body and what doesn't. And I kind of try, try to control the experiment where I'm like, I'm going to try coffee and then I'm going to try and cut it out and see if I feel better. And my anxiety lessened so much more when I stopped drinking coffee. So I love tea. I have black tea every morning, okay. hot, regardless of the temperature um, outside in the weather, I'll have hot coffee with a little bit of milk and honey or syrup in there. How long ago did you decide to stop drinking coffee? I want to say like three or four years ago. So oh, wow. I okay. haven't had a sip in a really long time. Did you, was it hard for you to give it up? Like, did you like it for the taste or did you feel kind of obligated to drink it? That's something I like to ask uh, people who've obligated. gone this route. That's a great question. I think it's like a little bit of a social pressure and that's kind of with alcohol too. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like a little social pressure to drink. Yeah. Totally social pressure to drink coffee. 
Um, and you know, I, sometimes I didn't have a good night's sleep and I just want a little pick me up, but now it's like, if I'm tired, you know, I'm, I'm going to be tired for the rest of the day. And I just know for the next day, go to bed early, prioritize my sleep. Um, tea just have a little bit of caffeine, but not enough to make me super anxious and enough to give me like a little bit of a pick me up. No, I, I, it's a great answer and it's super relevant to our conversation and I get it often. And I think actually I would even say like, if I went back and listened to episodes more recently, I feel like I'm hearing that more and more from people, which I love because even personally, like I love coffee and I joke about how much I love it, but I did go through a period too, where I was just drinking way too much of it and really had to Mm -hmm. cut it back because it was, um, just affecting my ability to get good quality sleep and really impacting my adrenals and hormones. Um, so I appreciate that you've noticed that about yourself. And that's really at the end of the day, everything I do with a client boils so much down to self-awareness and listening to what Mm -hmm. your body is telling you versus, oh, this person told me I should do this. This person told me I should do that. So I think that's, that's very valid. So kicking it off to talk more about gardening and what you're passionate about and how you've really gotten into this. We want to learn more about you rather than from the perspective of your resume, but who you really are at your core, right? So I always ask my guests as the first question to dive deeper into the topic is who is Ellie Callanan, but more specifically, why should we care about what you have to say throughout the rest of this conversation? Okay. Sounds good. So I am Ellie, um, hail from New Jersey. Um, I lived in Cleveland for a little bit of time after college, and I actually just moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and I kind of fell into gardening and it happened very, very randomly, but, um, I have really come out of it with a new perspective on life. And I've become super curious about the foods that I'm eating, um, because I'm literally growing my own food and I'm watching my own food grow. And it just got me really curious, like what other, you know, food types should I be eating? You know, what else, what else is important to know in terms of like, where my food quality, uh, food source comes from and all that kind of stuff. So, um, that is me. And I think that you and I connect really well because, um, we're very different than who we used to be in high school and in college. Um, and even like in our early twenties too. So I was always, you know, I, I wasn't sure what my purpose and passion was in life. And, um, I think that gardening has just, again, opened up a new perspective on life for me. I love that. And I actually, you know, before we talk a little bit further about how you got into it and what you like about it, let's start with that, with what you just said, talking about the perspective shift that you've had in life since this has become something that you truly enjoy versus maybe just a hobby, but now has really expanded into a passion of yours. So if you could think of maybe some specific examples about how you've noticed that you've changed or your outlook has changed. I think gardening has been so great because it's a hobby first and foremost. So I'm like spending time and energy, you know, going outdoors, starting, you know, plants and then tending to my garden. Um, And so I'm thinking all about like, where, where is my time and energy best spent? Mm -hmm. And it's something that I love to do. um, And I find a lot of joy and appreciation coming from that. Um, And then also the other side of it, as I said, you know, learning about, um, you know, where, where the food actually comes from too. So like if you're going to a grocery store, you know, and you're trying to learn about where your food comes from, like you can't ask the person who grew it, you know, you have to look at the ingredients and you have to Google on the, on their website and think, okay, this is where this was grown. And these, these, this is what was added into it. But like, just start asking those important questions. Like where, 
you know, where was it grown? How was it grown? If it's like a meat an animal product, like how was it raised too? Um, and just a lot of times in the ingredients, there's like all these different chemicals. So you have to like research, like, okay, what is this chemical? Is it processed? You know, how was it made? So again, just like being very, very curious, I feel like has been um, something that has been a positive out of, out of my gardening passion. I love that. And, you know, I like what you said initially too, just about like getting outside and being grounded. And I think it's important to note that while this conversation may be focused specifically on gardening, there's so many other aspects of it that are really important to your health, right? Like getting outside, getting vitamin D, it's just like, you're almost like killing two birds with one stone. And I think that there is a lot to be said for the fact that as a hobby, the health benefits go beyond like maybe even physically what you're putting into your body, but that relationship of caring for something, right. And watching it grow yeah. is really significant on your mental health too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I kind of joke around, like, it's kind of like having a little pet, like a little yeah. dog, like I go away, I go on vacation and stuff, but I have to have someone come in and water it. I love that. And you know, like you, when you do start a garden, it's, a lot of investment upfront and cost and in time and in learning and everything like that. But again, it's, it's a continual process and there's so many different seasons too. There's a spring season, there's a summer season, there's a fall season. And even being in Tennessee, um, depending where you are in the world, there's different seasons and the seasons last different lengths as well. So the Tennessee has a very, very long and hot summer season, but we also have an early spring season and a late fall season. So okay. um, since my first, my first time being here, I've had to adjust that and coming from Cleveland you know, it's, you have very, very short summers and New Jersey technically is the garden state. So there's like an abundance of, you know, farms in New Jersey and yeah. um, great quality soil. <laughs> and I think that's, that's something we should totally highlight too, because definitely have a lot of New Jersey listeners out there, but having lived in North Carolina, I do have a big population of listeners there as well. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about New Jersey being, you know, from years back with the Jersey Shore TV show and that sort of thing that people don't necessarily think of our state and think of farms and gardening and that sort of thing. But I was literally just talking to somebody yesterday about how they got really into gardening too and could grow like things I didn't even know that we could grow pretty easily here, like cantaloupe and pumpkins and all these different things. Yeah. Have, have you ever, did your family or have you ever tried to garden? So before? my grandpa, he listens to the show. So shout out to him. He always had a little <laughs> tomato. Um, just like, it, it was like a very small garden on the side of their house. And it was okay. like, just kind of like he fenced it in too, just so the deer couldn't get in. But tomatoes were like the big ones and he's done other things, but I just definitely have like distinct memories as a little kid of him growing them and like showing me how to do it. But I have to be honest, it was never something I really got into. I appreciate it, but I also yeah. think, uh, it's kind of like a joke in our house about like plants and things because my mom has lots of potted plants, like all around our yard and is always like, can okay. somebody go water them? And I'm like, I'm in a hurry. I have to go do this. But I will say yeah. the last two times she's asked me to do it because it's been pretty hot out. We've been watering them extra recently and it mm. is very cathartic. Like I go out there, I'm like, okay, no, this is going to take me like 10, 15 minutes. I'll sometimes put a podcast in while I'm doing it, or I'll just kind of stand there and like watch the water or like listen to it. And it is like really calming and very soothing. And you're like, wow, this is really beautiful. It is. I think it brings us really close to nature. It brings us really close to earth as well. Um, that's, that's amazing though. And that's actually, I love that you said that about your grandpa, because that's, how my dad was too on the side of our house he had these tomato plants 
And so I grew up around that as well. But like how I really started with gardening. Um, so funny, I was, you know, kind of dating and talking to this kid um, in Cleveland, and he owned a garden center. And around the time that I moved to a new location in Cleveland, um, mm-hmm. there's this really cute street right outside of downtown Cleveland. And they had a community garden on the street, like just in where a house would have been. They just had a plot of so land cool. and they had these little, um, you know, let's say like 10 by four um, plots. And so you can sign up for one and you're okay. in charge of it. And so when I started or when I moved there, my landlord is like, oh, if you want to join this, you know, here, here's the contact information. And so I was like, I don't really know how to do it. And so when I was talking to this kid, I was like, could you help me out? And he totally helped me and, you know, helped me figure out what plants to start with. And, you know, tomatoes was an easy one, basil and peppers. Those are always uh, what I say, like the easiest ones along with the herbs as well. Um, you know, we obviously stopped talking, but I really just kept that passion. And that was probably 2017. So that was a few years ago. And like, I would say I'm like a, I'm by no means an expert gardener. I'm still, I would consider myself a novice just because there's people that have been gardening for years and years throughout their whole entire life. And with each season, you keep learning and you keep trying new things. And that's, what's so amazing about it is you fail, you're going to fail when you start to garden. Um, and you may feel very overwhelmed, but um, just keep going. And, you know, each new season that comes, try something new. So did you, when you had with the community garden situation, what I think is so interesting about this, and I mentioned it to you when we first spoke over the phone, you were living in an apartment, right? Like it was a, or is it a house? It was a house. Yeah. Okay. So I think what's really interesting is like, I feel like it definitely depends on like what part of the country you live in too. Cause like it's not necessarily a priority a priority other places. Right. But I also think that, um, it's, it's like funny how like the way, just like, I think life like has interesting plans for you and like things happen for a reason. It's kind of like you moved, you met this guy. If you hadn't met him, do you ever ask yourself, like, would I have ever gotten into gardening? Like, do you think that you would have said yes to the landlord when they mentioned that to you? Or do you think that kind of like piqued your interest? No, that's a great question. And so I guess something good comes out of every failed relationship or or quasi-relationship. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I started posting on my, like my normal Instagram and mm-hmm. I would just do little garden updates and I got so much like positive encouragement and people were like, we love seeing these. And so that's when I was like, all right, this is like, this is interesting to me. This is kind of different. And that's really where I felt like my, my purpose and my passion in life came from. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so interested in it. And it's, become such a part of my life and who I am as a person. And again, just has extended to to different parts of my life too. And when you first started just to talk about like failure and, and kind of like applying to anything in life, because I love that analogy. Like when I think about seasons too, I use that phrase so often with my clients when we're talking about fat loss, like we go through different cycles and seasons and you have to understand with dieting that you're in this for life either way. And we're constantly rushing Mm -hmm. to get to like some certain finish line. And it's like, for what, if you have an event or a trip or something like that, great to have a timeline for your goals. But if this really wants to become a sustainable lifestyle for you, you have to think about things in one year terms, maybe even two years or at least six months and and have a strategy, especially like an exit strategy with a lot of this and be okay with it being this up and down and things not being super consistent all the time, but maybe being relatively consistent throughout that extended period. However you want to define that length of time. So 
in you kind of going back to when you first started and now you can accept that you knew you were going to fail, that you knew you like there, there are different circumstances you couldn't anticipate. Right. And just kind of like learning and getting familiar with it. Two parts to this question. One, what were some of the first things you ever planted and took care of? And two, what were the kind of trials and tribulations of those first few fruits, vegetables, whatever it was? Oh, great question. I would say the ones I mentioned before, like herbs were, you know, such an easy thing for me to plant um, because they do require care, but they not as much, not as much Um, tomatoes, peppers and basil. Those were ones that I was super excited about because my dad is, I was obsessed with tomatoes and he always had all these tomato plants. as I said, um, next to our house too. So I was so excited about that. Um, And let's see peppers. Um, so good. I, I would always used to love to make this pepper sandwich um, with like ham and cheese and cream cheese on and everything but the bagel. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Oh, I would so love good. that. I was just telling a client the other day, she got these like mini little like cucumbers and peppers. And I was like, put some, oh, I like like the laughing cow cheese, that, and then put yeah, the everything but yeah. the bagel on top. Great snack. Delicious. Totally. Totally. Um, I think where I, one of my biggest failures was, so after that first season, um, cause I just got transplants. So transplants are like someone else starts the seeds and then they grow okay. into like a, um, I don't know, uh, not even maybe a foot off the ground. Um, and then you plant them into your garden. So I did that. So I, um, went to like Home Depot and a local garden center. Um, and you know, had that guy actually give me some of the, the transplants. Um, my second season, I tried starting from seeds. So that's, okay you know, back in March in Cleveland, that's when you, cause again, it's such a short growing season in Cleveland. So I um, started with seeds and, you know, you have to provide adequate sunlight. You have to water them, but not too much. Like it's very, very hard to start from seeds. And so that was a big failure because I don't think I got any good ones. And so I had to resort back to transplants. So that was a big failure of mine. But again, I just, you just learn and, you know, with with each season and each, um, each year you, you try something new. And where were you getting the insight and information about the understanding the different seasons? Like, I guess, whether you want to talk about Cleveland or Mm -hmm. even the research you've done since moving to Nashville to know what type of environment you're in to help what you're growing thrive. That's such a great question. And I think something that we just struggle with, like people that are starting gardening or, you know, a little bit more seasoned, like I am, like, there's just so much information out there and there's so Mm -hmm. many ways to do it that can work. Like I remember when I first started, I was trying the red solo cup method. And so that's where you take red solo cups, you drill a hole, drill a hole in the bottom for um, a, a drainage hole. Okay. And then you plant a soil in them uh, or you put soil in them and then you put you know seeds in there. And so you have all this big, all, you know, this big tray of uh, red solo cups. And so I tried that. I found that on YouTube. You know, I was Googling, I was YouTubing. I have like probably five different gardening books too. Um, there's just so much information And you can't really go wrong by looking at many different places, Um, but it can feel very, very overwhelming. And just, you know, know if if you're wanting to start gardening and you're feeling very overwhelmed, like even I feel overwhelmed. I think even expert gardeners feel overwhelmed sometimes too, because there's so much to do. Um, Sometimes you just feel paralyzed. Like, I, I don't even know where to start. I know I have to do this. I know I have to weed. I know I have to plant this a certain amount of times, but just have a gardening diary, have a little planner, have a planning calendar, um, and figure out when you need to plant what, when you need to start doing what, 
um, and just go from there. And I would say spend like, if you can, if, if you're really passionate about it, you want to spend like at least 10 to 30 minutes every single day planning what you have to do for that week or that day. Um, and even that month too. So if you're, if you're just able to research and spend some time actually Googling and, and learning all this kind of stuff, then that will translate to more success in the garden. My nutrition coach or just coach hat in general can't help but come out and hear you talk about keeping like a notes and a diary and that sort of thing, because that's the perfect analogy to wanting to change your body, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, my favorite thing to say, we can't manage what we don't measure, right? So when it comes to food tracking, Love I'm that. a really big proponent of it for that reason. And there's lots of people out there who try to bash it and say it makes you obsessive and this, that, and the other thing. Can it lead to that? hundred percent but it's all Mm -hmm. about your relationship to it. And I think the reason why I am such a big proponent of it is because we have no realistic starting point if we don't write things down, right? If we don't self audit, it would be like, you know, you can't, like you can be making tons of money, but if you're spending all of it, then you'll never have any money, right? And if you're not paying attention to what you're spending, then how are you gonna possibly figure out what adjustments you could make to be more financially sound? Same thing works with food. And, you know, like if it's something that you truly care about, I think you'll make the time for it versus Mm -hmm. seeing it as a possible chore. Absolutely. I love that you said that. I actually track my food too. Track my food. I track my workouts. I have a little um, separate diary. I have many diaries. I have a separate diary just for that. And it's so, so, so important to, I know it's kind of off the topic of gardening right now, but just tracking, you know, what you're eating and how it makes you feel. Um, tracking your workouts and activity today. I track my mood. I track my water intake. I track my sleep. Um, and then I track what am I thankful for and what are my goals for that day too. So that's just, I, I think gardening has really, really just helped me like have a whole new perspective on life. Well, to that point, did, were you tracking those things before? Like it, what kind of came first for you? Like once you started gardening and it shifted, what your priorities were, is that when mm-hmm. you decided, Oh, I'd like to start tracking what I'm eating and how my body responds to food. Like kind of walk me through that transfer, totally. that personal transformation, not just the physical, but more so like the mental. For sure. For sure. So, um, like I've always been, I know you're a big protein girl as well. I've always been a big protein girl and I feel my best and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm athletic. I work out a lot. So it's important to me to refuel my body. And it was so interesting. I started tracking this year and this has been my best gardening season so far because I, I, you know, as I said, I had a community garden back in Mm -hmm. Cleveland. It's my first time actually having plots in my yard. So I have two big plots in my yard. And so I'm in complete control of what I'm gardening. It's just so easy. I walk out the door and I, you know, I'm able to tend to my garden. So I'm just able to, to do a lot more in my garden. Um, so I'm eating a lot, I was eating a lot more vegetables this season and I was prioritizing vegetables a lot just because I had so many of them. And, um, I really don't eat too many vegetables in my off season, which is, I know it's kind of controversial because everyone loves vegetables, but to me, it's like, I don't, I, sometimes, you know, if it calls for it, my recipe, sometimes I'll have it, but I, I really stick to protein um, and some carbs as well, but protein is my biggest thing. I noticed a huge change in how I was feeling and how I was training when I wasn't prioritizing my protein, when I was prioritizing my vegetables. And so I've noticed that and I've kind of readjusted and I've focused more so on um, eating good quality meat now. Did, um, Go, focusing on growing a garden ever have you think about being more plant-based 
Such a good question because I think you would think that I, I am plant-based. And whenever I talk about my garden, so many people in Nashville, they constantly, they're like, oh, so you're a vegetarian. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. I love my meat. Um, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm open to try it. I'm always open to experiment. I just fear that I wouldn't, I really wouldn't like it. I just, yeah, I really, I really love me. I can't imagine. And I have, I, I'm always careful talking about this because like I have clients that do it for cultural reasons. Um, mm-hmm. but I just think it's, it makes your life really hard to not yeah. like, it's very number one, it's really hard to get protein when you're eliminating yeah. animal proteins. But two, from more of the science standpoint, I don't know if you ever listened to Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, but I think she's great. And I think that she had, you should definitely check her out, her research around protein and what she does is just really impressive. But from like a bioavailability standpoint and how your body breaks down protein, like we weren't designed to be just plant eaters. Like that's not evolutionarily like how human beings have survived, right? So when you think about that and you think about, protein quality isn't just like what's in the protein and where it's coming from, but it is very much the type and how your body breaks it down. There's nuances from person to person, but I just can't get behind this idea of like somebody sitting there and saying that they could have like the same, you know, there, and there's a lot more that goes into this. So I'm trying to be careful about how I want to word this, but when you're looking at somebody's (laughs) physique potentially, right. And like they're, their musk, like how muscular they are, how toned they are, whatever kind of word you want to use or how well they function in the gym and how well they perform and how well they feel. Like if you were meant to have animal meat and all of your proteins coming from say like pea protein, or then a lot of this processed like protein supplement bullshit, it's like, okay, yeah. come on. Like how, like I wouldn't even encourage a client who does eat animal meat. Like if they're having more than a protein shake a day, like I'm kind of like, wait a second, is this super necessary? Yeah. Fascinating. Um, I actually, so I, I want to ask you like what, you know, is, is it like the protein powder that you're like, if you can't get, if you're not eating meat, do you focus on the protein powder? Is it the meat? Is it the other protein sources? Like I know you have, and I know we have a mutual friend also that you did, um, macros and mm-hmm. micros and all that kind of stuff for. And she was like, Oh my goodness, I am so happy. I lost such, so much weight. And I was, you know, just able to understand more about what my body needs and all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to hear you talk about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's new so, to me and it's interesting. So the philosophy that I take is I don't believe that any food is inherently good or bad, right? Like we put those labels yeah. on it. Yes. In talking about food quality, which we're kind of getting into anyway, and and going down this little bit of a rabbit hole, but it's about what else you're eating. So nothing happens in a vacuum. And people ask me all the time, oh, I'm going to this restaurant. What should I eat? Oh, I'm going here. What should I eat? And my next question always is, well, what else have you eaten today? Because that really matters. And Mm -hmm. when I'm considering and and trying to encourage someone to prioritize getting more protein, if that's an area that they struggle with, because when somebody's new to tracking their food and really wants to make body composition changes, it's important to note that the reason why the emphasis is on protein is for a couple reasons. Number one is because 
it helps with recovery. And these are in no particular order because you could argue one is more important than the other, but helps with recovery. So that'll okay. help you in the gym and getting the most out of your workouts. And recovery also is really key to fat loss too, if that's your goal. Number two, when you are lifting weights, like you're literally putting these little teeny tiny tears in your muscle fibers. And the only way to fill them back up, if you think of it like a sponge with little holes, is through these blockchain amino acids that are found in protein. So if you don't have the protein, like what are you refilling these little holes with? I don't know, right? But Ooh. in addition to that, when it comes to potentially following a calorie deficit, protein also keeps you the most full. So the analogy mm -hmm. that I kind of give there to explain this to people is like, it would kind of be like looking at like, if I'm going back to like the money analogy, it's almost like looking at like two different currencies where one has like a strength that's much higher than the other. Like if you went to like Mexico okay. and you were using pesos, the US dollar is much stronger. So you want to think of like the US dollar as protein. Like you're getting more out of it in terms of like what it gives you energy wise, like 75 mm -hmm. calories coming from protein as a protein source versus those 75 calories coming from say carbohydrates or fat. They have more like to the body, if that makes sense, or mm -hmm. try to explain it any other way. So when we look at all of those things combined, those are important considerations tied to the person's goal, right? So I'm really focusing on okay. this in terms of like, if somebody's coming to me looking for fat loss, but if you are, let's say you're really like, maybe you need hundred grams of protein and you're currently only consuming 50 for me to get you from 50 to hundred a good coach is not going to get you there overnight because they're going to recognize mm -hmm. that you don't really know what hundred grams of protein looks like. And that doubling of your protein is intimidating. Like imagine if you woke up tomorrow and someone was like, you need to consume twice as much protein as you did yesterday and you have to do it. And if you don't do it, then you're not going to reach your goals. That's crazy. And I don't even know how much a hundred grams it, you know, exactly. like I've never had the, the, the weight, you know, the, right. that kind of stuff. And that's so a learning process. Right. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of information to take in. Just like you were saying, it can be overwhelming to learn how to manage your garden and tend to your garden to then ask the person, okay, understand what hundred grams of protein is under understand even like what, pro, like what foods have protein in them. Yeah. That's part of the learning yeah. process. Then also track it. Then also get your workouts in. Then also make sure you sleep well. Then also this, then also this, and also this. And it's like, wow, I need to change so many different things at once. So instead yeah. to you know, I'm going down this like long winded response to your question, but I love it. <laughs> the, the thing we really want to think about is like, is it a quote unquote good thing? If somebody's having protein supplements, what it can come down to is this balance between getting them closer to understanding what that amount of protein looks like and getting them to do it consistently. A lot of different questions go into weighing that because let's say you're a really busy person, right? And you, uh, I don't know, like maybe you have a long commute for work or like I have certain clients mm -hmm. like myself, I, I included, like I have the type of job where it's not easy for me to sit down and eat sometimes because I'm maybe with clients back to back. And so I need something quickly. So in that case, I would tell a person reach for the protein bar because that just might be the absolute best option given the circumstances that you're in. Okay. But if I, like I want them to take it to the next level, once they've shown me they can be consistent because consistency is really king to all of this in terms of that physical transformation and being able to do this for the rest of your life, understanding that you do have different options and you don't need to be perfect all the time. I still want to use opportunities to say to them, hey, 
you're constantly reaching for a protein bar. I see you having a protein shake every single day. Let's back out of this a little bit. Okay. You're, you're Mm -hmm. having seven protein shakes a week. Next week, can we drop it to five? And then the week after that, could we potentially drop it to three? And if we're going to drop them, what are we putting in their place? Yeah. Is it, you need something quick. Why don't you get Turkey and just do like little Turkey roll-ups or uh, lots of protein. You don't even have to cook because it's already prepared. Get canned tuna. If that's something that you like, like there's a lot of misconceptions around people looking for like fast snack options. I would say that might Mm -hmm. be one of the number one questions I get on a regular basis from newer clients in particular. They're like, well, what can I get? That's like fast protein or like, what can I get? That's like grab and go. Anything is grab and go. If you prepare it, anything even from your garden, right? Like when you take things out of your garden, you're washing your vegetables or whatever you're growing. Mm -hmm. And then the best way to make it easy is once you get it in the house, like chop it up immediately and then put it back in the fridge in glass containers or something like that. And all of a sudden you and your head thinking that it was going to take you 15 minutes to prepare some sort of salad takes you two seconds. Yes. But I have to say, your clients are so lucky to be able to work with you. you. The way that you explained that was just really, really great. And I can imagine, even though I'm not a food expert by any means, like if I didn't know anything about where my protein come from, you know, all that kind of stuff, I would love to have you guiding me. So that I I think your clients are are very, very lucky in that way. Um, Super interesting. Well, let me, and let me ask you, and just in, you know, you alluded to earlier, talking about even with your animal meat and knowing where your protein Mm -hmm. is coming from, a lot of that was influenced by you initially gardening. So what kind of changes have you made over the last four or five years? Oh, I feel like I've made a lot of changes. Um, I, you know, I actually, I really don't go to the grocery store that much to be completely honest. I go once a, once a month. Um, and there's a few things that I get, I'll get like, you know, things that can't be grown locally here or I can't source um, from certain vendors. So like bananas, for example, I've been loving dates. Dates have been like a staple in my diet. Um, rice, you know, dark chocolate, like things like that. Um, I'll get at the grocery store kind of once a month, but I love to go to farmer's markets. I'm a huge farmer's market junkie. Um, I actually went this morning and, um, I love it because I can look the farmer in the eye and see who is actually growing you know, the produce, I can see who is raising the, the cattle, the, the cows, mm-hmm. the, the chickens I get. And I can ask them, Hey, how did, how did you, you know, raise this cow, you know, and I'm getting my dairy and are you, is it, is it a grass fed cow? Is it a grass finished cow? I'm going to be eating it. Um, did you, you know, raise this pesticides or grow this pesticides or excuse me, did you grow this uh, produce with any pesticides or herbicides? Or is it hundred percent organic? Like you can ask those questions mm-hmm. and then you also can get what's local to your area too, which I think is, super important. You're talking about, you know, back, back in the day when, you know, we uh, were hunter gatherers and, you know, the, the females were the gatherers and the men were the hunters. And, you know, when you were able to find a, an animal and, and kill it and eat it, that was like the prized possession. You yeah. know, that was like the, the top thing that you could get. Um, but then you're also only getting, you know, what's local to your area too, in terms of like nuts and seeds and um, leaves and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the agricultural revolution too, where we have, you know, we're, we're starting to actually farm and all that kind of stuff. Certain soil qualities only, you know, we're, we're conducive to growing certain plants. So everyone's body, especially in America here, everyone's body, everyone's ancestry is different. You know, your ancestors may have come from an area where the soil quality was this. So you had, 
this and, you know, maybe, maybe in, in Italy or maybe in Ireland or wherever, you know, um, so that's all very important in terms of what you're eating. And I'm just a huge proponent in just testing and, and trying out different things and eating them and seeing, okay, I feel good about eating this. I like doing this. I want to continue doing that. Or like, I didn't really love that. What did you notice in particular about switching to truly grass fed or grass finished, like just keeping on the protein topic in particular in terms of how your body responded versus you know, getting your meat from the grocery store and not even necessarily knowing if it's definitely organic? Yeah, great question. I feel a lot more energized. I sleep a lot better. And I don't know if it's 100% because of like where my food source is coming from. I think Mm -hmm. it's just a different approach to life. Sure. Um, as, As kind of we talked about, like here's a great example. So I love raw milk, for example. I'm like a huge raw milk person. Um, So I... The difference between raw milk is that it's unpasteurized. So it has both the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And like your listeners, like if you guys want to go down a rabbit hole, like Google, like why pasteurized milk is like the only legal milk and why unpasteurized milk is illegal. Um, Cause it is illegal in a lot of different States in Tennessee. Um, I'm part of a herd share. So I oh, like, wow. technically own part of, yeah, I technically own part of a cow, which is awesome. Um, and so I, I get my milk delivered to me every single week and I get like about a gallon of milk and I have just been experimenting with making different dairy products and it's been really cool. So like butter has always been a staple in my life. I never knew how to make butter before. It's I one of the most toxic foods from. too. I don't know if you knew that. Interesting. Yeah. Butter Why? and coffee top two, just because of like the way a lot, a lot of what you're describing and like how okay. it's made. And it just, it's not like, not that like it, the FDA and like their rules about a lot of different things, like coffee is another one too. Like if, if there were two, mm-hmm. like I've heard this from a lot of different health coaches and like, even to answer your question earlier about like, okay, like looking at food quality and assessing, like, is it really bad to reach for the protein shake versus having meat or something like that? Um, if I can get somebody to make those baby steps and making like some adjustments mm-hmm. and thinking about that, the first two things I tell them, organic coffee, organic butter, like though, like I'm okay. very particular about those two things. And in, in, in general, um, like if you were just going to make two swaps, like if you finish this yeah. episode, stopped it right now. And those were the two things I was going to tell somebody to change. It does actually go a long way. So that's, so you, do you make your own butter now? Yeah, I do. I make my own butter. Is it hard? It's really, really, no, my goodness. It's so easy. I literally, take my raw milk. Um, and then I separate the milk from the cream. So, um, you know, I just, I, I have the cream and then Mm -hmm. I put that in like a blender, like a smoothie blender and I just pulse it for five minutes and eventually you start to get uh, whipped cream. And that's when you know you're halfway there. Um, and then I save some of the whipped cream, you know, for like some, um, bakery products later on. And then you pulse it a little bit more for another five or so minutes. And then you start to get separation between your butter and your buttermilk. Save the buttermilk for other things too, but then you have your butter, you squeeze it out, get all the buttermilk out. And then, you know, you can add salt. You can, I like to add some cinnamon, um, some honey as well. And yeah, I've been doing that for probably two months now. It's been awesome. Um, And I just, I'm experimenting with other things too. I have, I love yogurt. I have yogurt every single morning um, that I've been making uh, for my raw milk. And I also, so I want to ask you this. So when you are telling your, um, clients and, you know, your, your listeners and stuff to prioritize protein. Are you telling them whey or are you telling them a different type of protein powder? So I always go with, it depends because some people okay. just really whey protein doesn't agree with their body. And 
I personally, like, I have no problem with whey protein if, if that's going to be mm-hmm. my supplement of choice. I personally, I don't actually use a lot of protein powder and I don't love protein bars in particular because like, I just really like chewing my food. So having like a smoothie yeah. or a shake or something just doesn't really like even mentally satisfy me. And then I feel hungry, For even sure. though like I could easily sure. get like a very balanced macro meal with a combo of a solid amount of protein, carbs, and fat off of a protein shake. It's just not my go-to. It's more of me if I'm like in a pinch. So I, I'll give an example okay. of like a product that I have a lot of people use as it's something that helps them get their protein, but it's definitely not like the best in terms of quality. Um, these Fairlife protein shakes. And they, they have a few things in them that I wouldn't, wouldn't say is like the pillar of health, so to speak, but they're Mm -hmm. 30 grams of protein. They're mostly chocolate milk. So they taste really good. And for a lot of people, if that's the difference in their decision of say, not being able to balance their macros and not being able to stay within a certain calorie goal because they're reaching for some kind of ice cream or like something like that. That's where I'm going to tell them this is a useful tool for you. However, I have certain clients that try them immediately. They have to go to the bathroom. That is not the food for you. And that's perfectly okay. And we will find something else. So it's, it's a lot of listening to your body and testing and guessing and, and like, it's, it's doing a little bit of that experimentation. So I definitely don't believe there's like a superior form of protein because to your point too, about like people's genetics and their ancestry and, and that sort of thing. Um, I also think you have to be careful about some of these supplements because again, it's a highly, highly unregulated industry. So I won't recommend products Mm -hmm. unless I know because I've used them myself or I might have a connection with the company in some kind of way. And two, there's a bunch of other shit that's in there that might not be on the label. And that's where like, you just need to listen to yourself. And I, I think that, um, looking at companies that in the supplement space, like are clinically tested, like more and more companies recognize that if they can prioritize that the consumer is more interested in that because of conversations like this one. And they are holding themselves to a higher standard. Like I'll give you an example. It's not actually protein, a protein supplement in particular, they do sell protein, but, um, there is a company who supplements for in particular for sleep and stress management. I absolutely love shout out to new ethics. They're amazing. I know know I've met the people who create a lot of these products, like know them personally, I actually met them in Nashville and, um, they had an issue with their packaging on this sleep supplement that I take. And it's a liposomal, like a liquid in like a little dropper. And it's mostly Mm -hmm. just like L-theanine and GABA. And it helps not only false with you falling asleep, but more in particular with staying asleep. And I got an email from them the other day, and this just shows how committed to quality and transparency that they are. They were having a problem with the way the bottles were being manufactured and they weren't being sealed properly and wherever they were being manufactured. And it was affecting like the efficacy of the product itself. And they, they were leaking, but more importantly, like there was, there was air getting into the bottle. So that that's going to affect the product. And they sent this email and said, like, it's important to us that we acknowledge that this happened. There was this one particular batch. If it happened to be you, you were affected by it. Send it back. Send us a picture. We'll refund you. We'll send you a new bottle. But I, I, I like, I really respected that they were honest about that sort of thing. And I, I think that's uh, harder and harder to come by these days. So that's what I look for when I'm trying to assess different types of products. But when it comes to protein recommendations too, I do really think that 
looking at isolates and like whey isolate in particular is one that's really popular. I do think that's important, not just in terms of like how your body processes it, but Again, if you're looking at macronutrients and you're thinking about protein, carbs, and fats and understanding that, hey, I'm also the person that's going to tell someone, you want pizza, eat some pizza. Why spend to me your macros on some kind of protein shake that really should just be for the protein, but also happens to be loaded with carbs and fat? I don't see how that's worth it. Yeah. I see what you're saying for sure. That's fascinating. I love, I love that. And I love that transparency story. Um, I think that that's why buying locally is so important. Yeah. And let me, let me tell you the reason why I asked about the whey thing is so mm-hmm. interesting. So I discovered by chance what whey actually is. And I kind of felt like, oh my goodness, you know, this is why we're so far removed from our food sources is because we just, we just don't know, you know, we go to the grocery store, we pick it right off the shelf. So I like to make cheese also with my dairy. And so, you know, if you leave raw milk out on the counter, and also, by the way, it is A2 raw milk. And sometimes that um, tends to help better with digestion too. Okay. So I just want to call that out. If you can get A2 milk, um, that's not illegal, like raw milk is in some states. Um, but if you leave your milk out, um, raw milk, of course, um, it separates into curds and whey. And I was focused on the curds because that's how I was making cheese. And, you know, I made my cream cheese and stored that in the fridge and stuff. And I'm like, what is this yellow liquid whey? And then I like put two and two together. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the whey protein powders that like everyone's obsessed with that I have been eating for years and making protein shakes and stuff like that too. And I posted on my story. I'm like, guys, did you know that this is whey? So many people got back and they're like, oh my goodness, like so interesting. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it came in liquid form. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, obviously it doesn't come powder from a cow. Like, you know, it's kind of like an obvious thing, but no one thinks about that. So it just got me really thinking like, wow, we are just so far removed from our food sources. And it's just, it, it doesn't have to be like, okay, you hundred percent. Now you can't have protein powder. You know, you, exactly. You, it, it just has to be like a curiosity thing. Like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of curious about this. Like, do I care? Or do I don't, do I not care? And if you don't care, Hey, that's totally fine. As long as you're being informed and you're making informed decisions, about yourself and about your health, that is the most important thing. And that's something that nothing can take away. No, something that no one can take away from us. And to that point, I'd love to know, based off of your experience, you said you only go to the grocery store now about once a month. What was the mm-hmm. process like of kind of like weaning off of it, right? Because I imagine <laughs> that it was over time. Like I'm assuming maybe you started going to the farmer's market and just getting a few things like, yeah, talk, like, Again, same analogy I was using with like, you know, you're having seven protein shakes a week. Can we pull back to five, then four? Like I, I take that approach with alcohol for everyone. Like, cause that's how you mm-hmm. make like real lasting change. Great question. Um, I would say that, and something that you and I had talked about previously is like, it, if, if we're going out to eat, if we're, you know, getting invited to a, a restaurant or something like that, like how do you know when to say yes? And how do you know when to say no? And how do you know where to draw the line? I'm like, I'm going to eat hundred percent perfectly or I'm, I'm, you know, not. And it's, it, it can tend to be overwhelming. Once you start again, just getting curious about what it is that you're eating and your food sources and your food quality and stuff like that. And you start to experiment with how, you know, how you're feeling after eating certain food sources. You know, as you said, that's what you do with your clients and stuff too. You start to think like, actually, I don't really want to, you know, feel shitty the next day. Like, 
I know like I have this amazing taco place right near my house. Um, and it's a food truck and it's like super, super authentic Mexican food. And I would eat there a lot. And then I would just know that the next morning I would just be like, yeah, I don't feel great. And so it's come to a point where it's like, sometimes is, is it worth it for me? Yes, it's worth it. Cause I really want to have a good, you know, tasting food. Um, yeah. but other times it's just not worth it. And so that's tying it back to the whole farmer's market thing too. Um, I, it just started to dwindle down. And I also realized that I don't need to be, and it's nothing against supporting these big corporations because they make the world go round, but it's, where do I want to spend my money? I would love to spend my money on these local farmers that are just busting their butts, working so hard out in the hot sun in order to provide food and to live like a really, really, um, you know, honest life and a, like a life that's off the land, something that I resonate with as well. Um, so it just, it, it started out that way. And then I now go to these like two farmers markets every, I, I go once a week and I'll choose either one or the other. And I'm okay. friends with the vendors now. And, you know, cause I started asking them questions and I started just getting curious that's and, awesome. um, yeah. So that now it's like a, a thing. Like I, this morning I was like, Hey guys, how are you doing? Like, it's, it's fun to see them and everything like that. And again, you just, you know, where the products come from. So it's a little bit of give and take, it's a little bit of a trying process. Nothing happens overnight, but to me, I just, I feel a lot better knowing that my money is going towards those people that are working really, really hard. Um, and I know where my food quality and, and food source is coming from. Now I want to debunk a few other things because I think somebody could be listening to this and us talking about making your own butter. I think <laughs> that the knee jerk reaction for people or the resistance that you can be met with in these situations is like, well, that sounds time consuming, right? Yeah. So what do you say to that person? Like, what are your suggestions for actionable steps that they can take to kind of reframe their mindset? Cause I don't think a lot of these things are time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. I think same thing as preparing your food. Like it is a commitment. And when I say that my life has changed because of gardening, that's what I'm talking about is that my, the way that I'm spending my time has changed. Like I would rather, you know, it was a Friday night last night. I, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I, I did my little, um, you know, milk experiments and that to me, that's fun. And, you know, I have plans tonight and I'm so excited to hang out with my friends tonight, but it's just, figuring out where you want to spend your time. Um, also, you know, I know I'm sure a lot of your podcast guests, like they talk about waking up early, like sometimes it's worth that extra effort. You know, if you're trying to make a commitment and if you have a really busy, busy life, sometimes, you know, you do have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning just to, you know, get, have three hours in the morning, you know, uninterrupted where you can do those things. So like for me, like, um, you know, when you had earlier talked about preparing your vegetables right away, so it's some, something that you don't have to worry about later. Like I'm huge into fermenting and that's a goal that oh, I cool. took on this year that I'm really, really excited about. So I made my first round of sauerkraut uh, with my cabbage that I grew in my garden and it has just been so amazing because um, I love it. It's, I think it's tasty. It's delicious. It's really, really good for you and good for your gut. It's and great you for your things. gut. Yeah. So um, but it, it is a time commitment, but once you start doing it and once you literally are seeing the fruits of your laurels or whatever that thing yeah. is come to fruition, you're like, wow, this, I feel very grounded. I feel very purposeful. And when I talk about like the purpose in my life, like that's what I'm talking about. Um, I, I like to live that way and not, it's not for everyone by any means. I've always been a little bit different. I've, you know, I've, I've never liked that big city life. I've always been more of a slower kind of person, but, um, it resonates really, really well with me. And for those of you that maybe you're curious about that, 
try it. Or maybe it's something completely different and totally different. Like, then just get curious with yourself and just try different things and something will resonate and you'll feel it inside of you. And you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on this path. I'm going to keep going. That um, made me remember another question I wanted to ask you about going to farmer's markets and making those sorts of decisions. If somebody is listening to this and they are thinking in their head, like, oh, I live in a big city. Like I live in New York. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know where I could even possibly get started with making some of these changes or finding farmer's markets and that sort of stuff. I don't know if you ever get uh, questions or comments like this on your Instagram Mm -hmm. page, but what suggestions Mm -hmm. do you have about that? I would say find like-minded people somehow. Like, you, you know, because you and I were talking about before we had joined, like when I first moved to Nashville, I didn't really know too many people. So I had to find communities to be a part of. I'm a big community person. I think if you can surround yourself with like-minded people, you can learn from them and you can lift yourself up as well. Um, so I would say, you know, use the internet to your advantage, use social media to your advantage, find people that are interested. I am sure there are community gardens in New York, and I'm sure it's harder to find, but I'm also sure that, you know, there's people that probably get deliveries from farmland in New York or in New Jersey, and they have certain drop-off points, like just do Mm -hmm. research and maybe look on like Facebook groups or Instagram groups or group me's or, you know, whatever sort of, um, you know, social media page that you are interested in and you're a part of mostly, um, connect with those people and ask certain questions, um, you know, just again, just, just get curious and, um, put yourself out there and then you find like-minded people and then, you know, you learn from them and, you know, I'm uh, the people that have, um, that also get raw milk where I'm in like a group text with them and we're all, we're doing like a bartering thing. So it's really cool. So like, you know, I make certain products, like I told you, I'm making fermenting on my, my yeah. cabin and stuff like that. I also tried my hand at, um, like oregano oil too, um, oh, which cool. is a really cool antiviral antibacterial, um, you know, serum there. Um, and I have stuff in my garden as well. And then there's people in my group that make their own sourdough bread that go hunting for venison and they make oh, jerky. That bread is so good. Yeah, it's incredible. And then there's like a sewing expert. Like there's all these different people that I just become connected with simply because we have a common interest and in that we like to drink raw milk and we find that important. Um, so community is, is everything. And be, find a community, be a part of a community that resonates with you. And then I think that can take you places and, you know, you can learn more from them. Yeah. And, I, and that's even like, even from the fitness aspect too, like that's such a big part about going to a gym, like, or even mm-hmm, connecting totally. with a trainer or having a coach, like it's not just about the workouts themselves. And I think people have really felt that in particular, as we've transitioned to going back into gyms and that sort of thing. And I've always, I've really, really always been of that philosophy, especially because I started my fitness career in group fitness in particular, and was very lucky right. to be exposed to just such an incredible community that like that element of it was really strong. And like, I, I continue to strive for that because I think it's unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And a big reason why I like was lured away from a desk job. Um, but I also think <laughs> it's really cool <laughs> to hear about it in totally different aspects of your life. Like, w- did you honestly think like to us going back of talking about how we've changed a lot or how you're different from Mm -hmm. who you were 10, 15 years ago or whatever, did you think like you would ever be saying what you just said that like, oh yeah, I love raw milk. So I have this community of people and now I'm learning how to do this and that and the other thing. 
No. And I think that is such a great point. And I think I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that you have that are also like, uh, help, you know, I'm, I'm different than who I used to be. I'm still figuring myself out, you know, and I've personally just gone through a bunch of different life changes, you know, I mean, one being relocating too, and just taking stock of my life. Um, what has been serving me? What hasn't been, where do I feel most aligned? What resonates most with me? Um, and you know, I love, I'm like so happy to have connected with you again, Krista. And like, you know, I'm sure there's again, just more people that, um, you know, fit alongside our kind of way of thinking too. And so, um, you know, if that, if that, you know, resonates with you, feel free to reach out to me too, because I'd love to meet you. Yeah. I love that. And I'd love to know you've, you've mentioned like you have a bunch of different journals and diaries and things like that. So what are the methods that you personally use for really assessing if something's in alignment with you? Are you somebody who writes like, do you meditate? Because I think people hear that and they can be like, oh, that sounds really nice in theory, but I just don't know how to do that. Is it conversations with friends? Like there's so many different tools you could potentially use. So I'd love to know what you feel works well for you. Can I talk about religion on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, you could talk about okay. whatever you want. Okay. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's conversations with God and it's praying. Um, I grew up, um, you know, Roman Catholic and grew up going to church and, and everything like that. Didn't go to any, you know, private schools or anything like that. Um, the religion was part of my life, but it wasn't something that was at the, the, the center. Um, and I can honestly say that like God and Jesus are such an important part of my life now. And I think because I was so lonely coming to Nashville, mm-hmm. um, by myself and I live alone and I really didn't know too many people. Um, I just started having conversations with God, um, and asking him like, Hey, show me the way, you know, give me strength to, um, figure out what is going to be, you know, my path here in Nashville and who are, who, 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 who are my people going to be and what are my activities and what, how am I going to spend my time? And, you know, am I going to be successful? I also start a new job. Am I going to be successful in my new job? And how can I best prepare myself, set myself up for success? So it's that, um, it's starting my day off with a very, very positive prayer as well. Um, I'm reading this awesome book about grounding and it's called earthing. Um, and so it's all about like walking barefoot and, you know, connecting it back to the garden, being outside um, with my bare feet on the ground, with the sun shining in my face. Um, it just, it does wonders for my mental health. And it, it makes me feel so extremely positive. And then, you know, it's um, asking God in the morning, how, how can I best serve you today? How can I best be my best self? And what can I do in order to, you know, honor you and to uh, be someone that people want to be around, that people can see, you know, you through me. Um, it's having that honest conversation in the morning and then going through the day, um, saying prayers every once in a while, you know, even, even when I was nervous and I was first starting stuttering in the podcast, like said a little quick prayer, did my little quick mantra and then got back into it. So that helped. Um, and then reflecting at night too. And I have, I have my daily journal um, that I talked about with the different prompts, my food, my sleep, my exercise, et cetera. I have my just open-ended journal where I just kind of write my thoughts out and reflect a little bit about the day. And uh, one of the questions that I like from my other journal um, is the mood question. So a lot of times I'll take even more lines and just think, how is my mood? Because my mood is impacted so much by the food I eat, by the exercise, by what I'm doing during the day, by the sleep I get, all that kind of stuff. I think my mood is a great question. Um, and then I also have like a religious journal and it um, has a passage, a Bible passage, and it also has just a, a small little snippet, a little story 
Um, and I reflect on that and I tie that back into my day. So, um, journaling has done absolute wonders for me. And I think that all those things combined together has just made me such a better person, a better person to be around. Um, and in terms of deciding if something is in alignment with me or not, does it, does it make me more energized? Does it make me feel good about myself? Am I making others feel good too? Like that's something else. Like, am I, am I jealous of someone for a stupid reason? You know, if, if I am, then maybe like, you know, maybe that sort of environment isn't for me. Maybe, maybe, you know, what kind of work do I need to do internally in order to not be jealous of that person? What, how can I love myself best? Um, and I also, I know I'm sharing a lot here, but I, I went through a breakup recently too. And so that's been a lot. Um, so I have three major life changes um, in the past six months. And so really, really finding myself, loving myself, spending time on things I love to do has just been amazing for me. That was a therapy session. So I appreciate that. Was amazing. That. <laughs> no, that was really good. And I appreciate you feeling comfortable enough to share all of that and talk through all of that. Because I think a lot, like I said, like, I think a lot of people could hear this and be like, well, I want to do that. I want to try to get in touch with myself a little more in whatever kind of way. And there's different methods for different people. But again, like, I feel like I keep going back to this theme and I feel like I just constantly do is like, it still has to be consistent. So it has to be something that's really going to work for you because it's not about like doing that for a month. And then all of a sudden feel like everything's changed. Like I think about this often because, you know, like I've gone through a lot of major life changes in the last two years and, and just mm -hmm. thinking about like, okay, in the last like six months, just kind of like checking myself to see if I'm feeling different, like between my job, my personal relationships, professional relationships, friendships, um, you know, am I prioritizing like my own fitness and nutrition? And it's really mm -hmm. easy to kind of like put a, a lot of other people first, just because of the nature of the type of work that I do. And like my personality, like lens towards that. I think that's why I enjoy it so much. And mm -hmm. I, that's where you have to go back and ask yourself like, okay, well, did I actually really set up a practice that is something I can commit to or want to really do on a regular basis? And that was part of the reason why I was asking you the question is because it sounds like you have a routine down and you've, mm -hmm. you've really figured out what works for you. Yeah, totally. And I love, again, we keep coming back to this. I love that you are like, let's figure out what works for you. And in your podcast and in your Instagram and working with clients, like seems like you are offering just so much positive um, potential, you know, in ways that people can explore different things about themselves, um, eat in certain ways, um, do certain types of fitness too. And so I love your message and, um, Thanks. you know, I'm, I'm, and I love I'm yours. like so happy. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm so happy to have had, you know, continuing the conversation with you. Yeah, me too. I, we could keep going forever. There's like, this I is know. what I love about <laughs> podcasting is like, you know, you get started and you're like, oh, we're going to talk about gardening. And like, obviously we've hit on that, but it, it can go so much deeper because there, the, it, there's a lot more to it. Like what the impact that it's had on your life, of course. And I think that's probably even why I like subconsciously asked you the question of like, well, did this all start from gardening? And then you started to see yeah. these changes because I think that's important. I think like when people look at other people who have these great uh, routines where they're prioritizing themselves and really self-aware, they kind of want to know like, well, what was the catalyst for that? I think a lot of times it can be like traumatic things, which is okay. Like, Hey, however you're going to yeah. get to where you want to go. Right. But yeah. Very cool. So true. 
Well, I want to ask you a couple other questions before we wrap up. If somebody's listening to this and they're thinking about getting into gardening, like what do you suggest Mm -hmm. is the first step? You've mentioned that there's different techniques, like I think talking about like the transplants versus seeds and that sort of stuff. I'd love for you to even kind of talk about like how your, the size of your garden has grown. Like obviously when you had the community garden in, like you got what Mm -hmm. you got in that, those circumstances, but like now you're at a place where yes, you said you were a novice, but you've gained more experience. Like are you in a headspace where you feel like you could tackle a bigger garden? Like what does that evolution kind of look like? So my dream is to live on a farm. I would love to live on a farm eventually. Um, But that's, I think that's a few years later down the line. I also have a, I have a dream, you know, I want to start my own business and I really want to help people learn to garden. So I'm kind of figuring out what that is looking like for those that are very, very new to gardening. And Mm -hmm. again, as they said, most people are like, I'm so overwhelmed. I just don't know where to start. I totally get that. So um, I guess to be determined on that and hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll post more about that on my Instagram and maybe, you know, have another conversation with you. I can share more about that. But um, in terms of like, okay, I want to get started today. So it's August. So um, it's a little bit late in the season, but hey, that is okay. Like that is totally fine. There's still some things you can start with. The three things I think you should worry about, um, not worry about, but just, you know, consider Consider. when you're starting your garden is location. So, um, you know, are you in an apartment? Do you have um, a balcony or do you just have a windowsill? Um, Figure out, or, you know, do you have a yard? Do you have um, lots of ample land? Do you have full sun or is it shaded? So figure out those aspects and then Google specifically what to do with that. So let's say you do have like a balcony, you know, you can put many different pots on the balcony. Um, make sure that the, the plants that you're tr- wanting to, the plants that you're wanting to plant and grow, um, they get the adequate sun. And again, you can find all that out on seed packets. You can find that out on transplant stamps. You can find that out on Google as well. Um, planning calendar and schedule is another big thing too. So um, again, just understanding which like temperatures certain plants need for example you know tomatoes love 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 the heat but like lettuce you can grow lettuce in the fall um you can grow carrots in the winter like you know you can you can grow different things during different seasons so just figure out what it is that you want to grow and that's another thing that i i wish i brought up earlier you're like what have you learned about gardening is i want to grow what i want to like I'm, I'm not, I'm not selling, you know, I'm, I'm giving away some stuff to my neighbors and friends and whatever, but like in my family, but I think it's really important to grow and be in order to be passionate to grow what you want to eat. So like, for example, I'm not a salad person. I don't really like lettuce. The only time I really use lettuce is like, I'll have like lettuce wraps with like ground beef in there. And that's pretty good. But like, I grew a ton of lettuce this year and I'm like, I, I hate salads. I'm sorry. Like, and I'm, I'm just, so glad you I brought that up because I think people think they're like, oh, I should be healthy. I'm going to eat a salad. I'm like, can we stop saying that? Like who says, I definitely was talking to a client about this last week. I'm like, who says <laughs> your salad has to even have lettuce in it? Like, I think she was saying that she wanted to try Ooh. new vegetables. And I was like, well, yeah. why can't that be like, what about like a watermelon cucumber salad? Like it's summer. Yeah. Watermelons are great right now. Like why does it have to be lettuce? So I'm really glad. Yeah. That you Greek said salad. That. Yeah. I love Greek salads. I love, I just, I'm not a lettuce person. Yeah. So don't grow what you don't want to eat, you know? Um, and then it's like, let's say, so like jalapenos are an awesome thing. I don't, I'm not a huge pepper person anymore. Um, but like jalapenos, I grew jalapenos for one specific recipe and I was so excited to do it. And I did it last week and I did it last Sunday. It was 
jalapeno poppers with my cream cheese and then, you know, local bacon. And I wrap them up, stick them in the oven and they were delicious. And I had that for two days straight. Like I had all of my jalapenos and they're delicious. I had some more growing, of course, but like go into it with knowing I like this, this food. I want to grow that, you know, and eventually when, you know, when you're an expert, you can grow different things and you can maybe sell them or you can barter as we said. Um, so I kind of got off, off Kindle there, but um, location um, for your garden, um, the planning calendar, and then watering requirements too. So just understanding, um, you know, what what sort of watering schedule. Tomatoes need a ton of water. Other vegetables don't really need that much water. Maybe onions, for example. Um, and then the last thing I would talk about is like making sure that you have good soil quality. So I always invest in, in like organic soil, um, okay. meaning that meaning that it comes from like really, really good compost and, you know, you have some manure in there as well. So, um, go to, you know, Home Depot, um, talk to someone, um, go to Lowe's or even better, go to a local garden center and just become friends with the owner, you know, and just say, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to start a garden. Do you have any tips for me? Like what kind of soil can I use? Do you have any local soil here? Um, you know, my, my advice would just be get curious, continue to get curious and, um, talk to talk to people that know what they're doing. And there's every single community actually has a master gardener, which is really cool. Oh, so maybe okay. find that person. Yeah. Join a community. Um, and stay tuned because I do want to kind of put like some information together on like how you can start your garden. If you're feeling very overwhelmed and maybe you don't want to take the initiative to Google yourself, which is totally understandable. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely, you know, link all your contact info down in the show notes too, so that people can follow along. I know you also mentioned, um, I saw on your Instagram that you're thinking about doing some sort of like five day challenge, but it sounded like it was, wasn't just about like food in particular. It might just yeah. be a lifestyle. So if you want to share a little more about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, we talked about how much I love community and how, how important mm -hmm. we both think that community is. And so what I love about my Instagram is like, you know, Krista, you are an influencer for sure. You got all these followers and you have this amazing reach to a bunch of different people. I'm the opposite. I don't really, you know, I think I have like just about 300 followers right now, but what I like about my followers is that they're super active with me. You know, I'm able to like answer their DMS and, you know, go and put back and forth in communication with them. And like, I send them things, they send me back things. So, um, I was feeling like, you know, I was away, uh, two weekends ago or two weeks ago, and I'm still feeling the effects of eating negatively from that. like, mm. personally for me, I get really bad acne when I eat poorly. Um, and so I'm, I'm still feeling that effect. Not so I'm like, all right, I got to whip myself into shape and I want to do like a little five day challenge. Cool. And I thought I'm just going to put a post on my Instagram. And I was talking to one of my CrossFit friends who also was like, I feel like I need to get whipped back in shape. I'm like, I'm going to post this and see if anyone else would want to do it. And I had a ton of people that were like, That's yes, great. I need that. I need that sort of inspiration. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's not based on like, you have to do this goal or you have to eat the specific way. Each person, each client of yours, like each individual person has their own different nutritional journey and their own different journey in life as well. And I think that there is such a positive thing that can come from like, okay, I'm going to set a goal for myself. It's five days. I can do anything for five days. And the positive repercussions of that are like you achieve a goal. Most likely maybe, maybe you slip up every once in a while, but um, you most likely achieve that goal. Um, you think, wow, I'm, I'm a badass. I can do that. Like I'm really proud of myself. Let's try and tackle something else too. So I think it just has a positive effect and being able to know that there are other people that are also doing this five day challenge. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Like that's, and, and like you said, it's like, it doesn't even matter how many people follow you because the biggest thing is like how engaged they are. Right. So you can have a bigger mm-hmm. impact on people based on, is it the right person for the content that you're putting out? And I think that's a, that there's a tra- definitely a transition going on with social media in that regard, which is great. I think it's really positive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do think too, like that's the big part of coaching as well. Like for as much as I love working with my clients on a one-on-one basis, I have them all together in a group. And while I would love for them yeah. to talk there more, they often like some of the information I share with them is because one of them told me, and then I was like, oh, well, there's two other people that would benefit from this. And that Amazing. that's really cool. Like I got recipes that way, um, just like product recommend recommendations that way. And, and even it, it not people who aren't clients, like who just follow me on Instagram, they'll just send me things and be like, oh, I really like this thing. Like, I feel like I've developed like friendships over that just from DMs and stuff. And it's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I think social media can be a little bit of a negative sometimes because, you know, you can often compare yourself to other people or like, I know for me, like I have to have do not disturb on a lot of times and I have to turn my phone off at night. Otherwise I will be scrolling for hours endlessly, Mm -hmm. but the positive aspects of it are you get to connect with such like-minded people and you get to share information so easily. And like, Hey, that's how we reconnected too. I mean, exactly. We'll do a shout out to our parents because our parents are good friends. And need to give your dad the shout out that he give the credit where credit is due. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Of course we have to, he will love that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been great. And so, um, I love your Instagram also. Thanks. I love, I love the positivity on the Instagram and I love the practical tips too. And I think that that's, so important, you know, for people that are following you. Well, thank you. And you've added a lot to that. And I really strive for that. So I appreciate that you noticed that because that's where I want people to be able to kind of walk away. And like, even in listening to this, like they could probably sit here and come up with 10 plus things of like steps that they can take right now today in the next month, in the next six weeks, whatever, and really feel like they can use this versus it just, well, it's great to just like talk about ideas and have conversation. I think that is not enough for somebody to really Mm -hmm. create that catalyst for change and change is hard. Like that's that at the end of the day, like one of the things that I think people don't recognize is like the hardest part about coaching too, is our brains are not wired for change. They're actually wired for Mm -hmm. familiarity. And so you're always like, your brain is literally always looking for things like that are, have commonalities that are familiar, like from a psychological level, it goes back to, uh, it's a survival thing. So when you're then demanding of someone to make all these adjustments in their life, like it's not fun by any means. Like, I think this is fun. Like I could talk about this all day (laughs) long, but that's why we can't correct or adjust or whatever word you want to use. So many different things at once. I heard a stat. I think I actually shared this in my last podcast episode because it just, it makes perfect sense to me. I've seen it in practice every single day with myself, with my clients, with other people I talk to at the gym. It's like the minute, if you go from like one habit that you're trying to form to three habits and trying to form three new habits at the same exact time, your ability to meet those three habits on a consistent basis drops from like 80% to 30% compliance like that. Oh my gosh. That's a huge drop. So why not just focus on one thing and really just guarantee that you can get that one thing done. And that's really my idea of like taking these baby steps always comes back into play. People can get impatient and they're like, well, I'm really only going to focus on protein for the next seven days. And I'm like, it's only seven days. 
But then what happens when you do that for those seven days and then the next week, we don't really have to think about it anymore. Then we can move on to Mm -hmm. the next thing. Like, show me that you can do that because by you demonstrating that you can do this one thing, then we're going to know that you can do five other things. I love that. I love that so much. And just because I may have some people like from some of my national friends that are, you know, aren't familiar with you, you know, obviously our, our high school friends are familiar with you as well and what you're doing, but like, what kind of, you know, what, what kind of services do you offer just in case they're curious about you? Oh, you're the best. This is like such a nice plug. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll do a little shameless plug for the show and for myself. Yes. <laughs> um, so I am first and foremost, a nutrition coach. I work with people in a one-on-one capacity. I like to set the expectation that I typically want to work with somebody who's willing to commit to me for six months. So we'll do okay. one-on-one coaching in that time period. It consists of weekly check-ins. And then I have Um, other resources like this group that I was mentioning for accountability and that sort of thing. But I also am actually in the process of expanding to offer some online fitness programs. I'm working with a friend of my brother's that he had gone to college with and connected me to and is also a fellow podcaster works for a startup, created this app. It's called Upswing Fitness. So I am just hopefully a couple weeks away from launching some online fitness programming. It'll be subscription-based, much lower price point in terms of just like, hey, I want, you know, 10 bucks a month, I get workouts. Like if you're somebody that just kind of wants to get to know like my style and that sort of thing, from a nutrition aspect, I also do plan on weaving in recipes and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. too, because there was, I got a bunch of requests when I uh, put out some information on my social media about launching this. So that's just like a little new thing that I'm excited to share. But really what I help people do is figure out not just what to eat, but how to eat and really help them understand that they can live the lifestyle they want without giving up foods they love and without jumping from diet to diet and and really recognizing that maybe sometimes they're doing too much of something, especially in the form of exercise. I see that a lot with females in particular coming out of the boutique fitness space too. It, the answer isn't working out six, seven days a week and killing yourself every single time in the gym. Yeah. What And what about that uh, post that I shared on my Instagram, how um, I love know, that. The, I need to go read the, the rest of that research paper. Yeah. Yeah. The researchers are like, actually, based on our research, you know, exercise is to maintain a healthy lifestyle and to make sure that you are disease free. You are, you know, uh, everything, your organs are working correctly, whereas nutrition is for the weight loss. And I'm like, whoa, I, I had no clue. You know, you hear so much and you, there's so many sources of information and so many different things about, you know, what you should be doing, how you should be eating versus how you should be working out and where that kind of line goes is different for each person, of course. But um, yeah, no, I, I love hearing about that, Krista. It's awesome. And yeah. so if anyone, if anyone that is, you know, my friend that is new to Krista, so that's a little bit about her too. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. And if you want to listen to any other podcast episodes, wherever you're listening to this, just jump back and you can see some <laughs> of the other 70 plus conversations that I've had. Um, a lot of my solo episodes too, kind of give a little bit more insight into my coaching philosophy because I'll talk about real life situations of how I may personally handle something, whether that's like eating out or going on vacation or 
changing yeah. your approach to your workouts or using my client's scenarios as examples too. So that's kind of like a little peek into what I do with people on a day-to-day basis, but it's all, it's all really fun. And I'm very grateful to be able to do what I get to do every single day and really get to see the yeah. impact that it has on the way people think and the way they ultimately show up for themselves, because it's not about me. Yeah. It's about what I'm helping them, like trying to draw out of themselves. And there's just nothing mm-hmm. There's really not much that could kind of like replicate that feeling. And it's, it's honestly just really cool. Yeah. How amazing. I love that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. And like I said, I think we're going to have to have you back (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be back on the show for another round because there's literally so many other things that we can talk about. Um, But I I do usually end my show with a little lightning round. So we're going to do some fun rapid fire questions and then we'll be done. Okay. Ready? So yeah. we didn't talk too much about fitness, like in terms of actual workouts, but I know you're, you're mm-hmm. new to the CrossFit world. So I want to ask you a yes. couple of fun questions about that. Um, okay. favorite go-to exercise, like maybe a newer one that you've learned if you're kind of new to working with a barbell. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I don't, okay. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from like saying I I'm not good at, I don't like, um, because I want to have a positive mindset that I am good at it. But um, I prefer, let's say, to not do <laughs> the weights <laughs> just because I've never really lifted before. Like, I kind of okay. would just go to the gym and be like, oh, yeah, like, I think I'm just going to lift and do that. I, I didn't really know too much about what I was doing. So the weightlifting stuff is very, very new to me. I'm, like, intrigued by the gymnastics stuff, too. I just think okay. that that's very interesting. I didn't, I like, I, you know, you always, like, I've seen the toes-to-bar kind of stuff. I've seen the, you know, kipping pull-ups. And I think that that looks really cool. And what's been so great about CrossFit, um, I'm so nervous to join because it's like, oh my gosh, it's a cold, whatever, but I absolutely love it just because of the community aspect and because I have set workouts to do every single day. It's been so great. Um, but I had just seen such improvement. I've been doing it for four months now and oh my goodness, I've just seen so much improvement in like the amount of weights that I've been able to lift and like actually getting those moves and doing them correctly and recognizing what they are without having to ask like, oh, Hey, what does this mean again? And then the gymnastics moves too. And I love the double unders. Um, those are so much fun. But my favorite workouts, my favorite CrossFit workouts are the ones that have running involved in them. Okay. I know nice. it's probably the least the least favorite of most people. For a lot of people. But um yeah, yeah I love I love running. So cool. Really fun. What what was like your biggest maybe like talking about strength training, right? Like what's the biggest physical change you've seen? Like because you're kind of mm. like a new like I, it's, I love like when I meet people who are new to lifting and like asking yeah. them that question because like I'm so far removed from that. Like I don't remember what that was like. You know what I mean? So I physically, I feel like I've never had arms before, never had shoulders before. And I'm noticing so much more tone. I've always just felt like, you know, just kind of scrawny and skinny and like sure. nothing really there that I like. But um, yeah, I, I love, I love how I look now. I love the, you know, shoulders, the tone and all that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of my fitness though, interesting. I talked about running too. Um, I wasn't really running when I was doing CrossFit. And then when I started running again, cause I was just very focused on CrossFit for like the first two months. Then when I started running again, I was like, Oh my goodness, I, I haven't run in forever yet. I'm so fast. I think it's because of that, like conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, like the quick and high intensity workouts so that has really translated. And what has been so great about CrossFit is like, um, you know, you do all these different types of movements too. 
And so um, it, it just translates very easily to different, you know, it's, it's like a comprehensive fitness program. But I love now, I haven't been to an actual gym in a really long, you know, five months, I would say. But next time when I do go to a gym, I'm going to feel just so much more confident in actually going to the barbell where there's all these guys around me. And I was always so intimidated by them before. And now I'm going to be like, yeah, I know what yes. I'm doing. Like, you Love know, it. I'm, I'm, I'm just as strong as you guys are. Maybe not as much, but um, yeah. So that's the confidence has been a huge thing. That's amazing. I, I love hearing all of that. It makes me super happy. It's great. Like for anybody out there who's listening to this and has never thought about picking up a barbell, you can start somewhere. And it's like, it's, the progression is just so cool. Like to go from dumbbells to kettlebells, then to the barbell. Like I love working with people who are excited about wanting to learn how to lift and yeah. are just like open to trying those things. Because then once you start to do it, they're like, wow, like you can see that, like the light bulb went off of like, oh, I can accomplish this. Yeah. I think those people that have a start from wherever they are, have a plan to stick to it and continually go every single day. Exercise is not their favorite. If exercise isn't something that has been embedded in their life, you know, forever, like some other people, I think that is so amazing. And so, you know, those listeners that are like that, like keep it up, keep continuing that because that is incredible and the results will come. I'm sure they will. Hell yeah. To all that. Okay. My very last <laughs> question if anybody's okay. made it all the way to the end, we've talked about a lot of different things, but if you could boil it down to just one key takeaway for this conversation, if you want them to walk away thinking about one thing, what, what do you hope that that is? I think that there is always time for change. I think that's been a common theme in this conversation is that time is going to pass regardless. Um, what, how are you going to look back and think, oh, I wish I would have just started this earlier. Oh, I wish I had the confidence to do this. Like just start something now. And if it's something that you are like, I don't know too much about, and I'm nervous to start, what are people going to think of me? That is a big thing that I haven't talked about is like, I am freely posting on Instagram, like crazy things about my life, crazy, you know, I'm looking dirty. I'm like all over that place. <laughs> um, and I just kind of don't really care anymore because it's so, it fits so well with who I am. And I really, really love what I'm doing. Um, just on Instagram, I'm loving having these conversations with you and other conversations with other people too. And, um, I hope you can hear how passionate I am about it is just don't, just do not worry about what other people think, because if you feel good about yourself and if you feel like you are doing what you're meant to do on this world, which is different for every single person. But once you find that, and once you start getting on that path, it feels amazing. And you're not going to look back. You're not going to care about what people might be commenting and what people might be saying about you because you're like, this is it. This is me. This is who I am. And you know, I'm here and let's rock. Let's, let's live this life. Couldn't agree more. And I love all of that. And for anybody who wants to follow along that journey with you, tell us where we can reach you. I know it's predominantly Instagram is where you're talking most about yeah. your gardening adventure. So we'll plug all of this down in the show notes too. And I'll make sure I link it. Okay, cool. Yes, I'm on Instagram, um, Garden Angel Ellie, no spaces. Um, um, I'm like a little bit on TikTok, but I, I'm not even going to, you know, tag that because I don't post that much on TikTok. And I'm a little I bit I don't Twitter, either. I feel more obligated, so, uh, but I'm like, it's another platform, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I mean, we're of that age. We're like, we're still millennials. So I feel like that's a Gen Z thing. I know. TikTok a little bit. 
I don't really understand it too well. I like it for learning. I love, you know, going on my free page and learning a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, so that is me. Follow me on Instagram. Um, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM if you like this episode or if you're, you know, have another question too. I love connecting with people. And so I'm really happy to just have this opportunity. Krista, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and, you know, can't wait to see where, where this leads. Thank you. You're incredible for somebody who's never been on a podcast before to be able to just like jump in with me and talk for this song. Like you should be super proud of yourself. So I want to acknowledge you for that because it's definitely nerve wracking. And again, like oh, that God. is literally yeah. a testament to your point of like not worrying what other people think, just starting somewhere like you're practicing that on a daily basis. And I think that's really, really amazing. So shout out to Ellie for that. And I appreciate you taking the time and just sharing all of your insight and everything. And that's my favorite part about podcasting is I learn new things constantly. And it's coming from like one subject matter that I never would have expected could influence some other area of my life. And I think that's just, it's, it's very, it's a unique environment to be in for that exact reason. So be proud of yourself for that. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. You're welcome. Well, to everybody who tuned in today to listen, please go ahead and give Ellie a follow. I think you guys will be really, really impressed with what she's doing and just being able to kind of like get some insight into how she's growing her garden. Again, if you want to get started yourself and it sounds like we're going to kind of like turn the pressure up on you there to start thinking about some things that you can do to help people who want to get started, because there's, I think it's something that I would love to do myself too. And it's not really anything I'd ever thought too hard about before, even though I do love and appreciate food. So I may be one of your clients eventually, which is, is great. Yes. And if you guys enjoyed the conversation, the best thing you can do is share it, whether you text it to a friend, post it on your own Instagram story, send either one of us, both of us a message so that we know, like, I love getting feedback about podcast episodes. So send me a DM. You can find me at the Krista Huber or at the pod. This has been another incredible conversation. And I hope from wherever you're listening from, you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks, Ellie. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.